You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 145, Toxic Mold and HVAC Systems. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Oh, it is Valentine's Day. Oh, shoot. <laughs> What'd you get me? Uh, you'll see. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to run down to the store and hurry and grab something. <laughs> a dozen red roses as well would be important. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So today we are on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all those who celebrate it. I know there are lots of people who don't care to celebrate it. But it still is an important day about love, so love yourself, even if you aren't with anybody. That doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I think the people that don't like it, or they call it like Happy Singles Day or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like you said, love yourself. That's right. Start writing a book, do something. Do something. Make some money. Take care of your indoor air quality. Yeah. Because the home you live in is all about loving yourself. It is, actually. Yeah, very, very true. So today we're talking about toxic mold exposure and HVAC, which, what does HVAC stand for? Heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Okay, so is HVAC a discipline? Is HVAC a system? Like, what? what? It's a system. So it's a, uh, most of our listeners would know it as a central air, because um, it has that AC at the end. Um, but it's a forced air furnace that blows your hot air, your cold air for air conditioning, through the ducts to a register. And what's a register? Where the hot air comes out over there on the floor. Oh, okay. So like the vents. The vents, yeah. Okay. I guess I call it, I call it a register. <laughs> I'm but... just making sure for the lay people like myself that we know what a register is. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just, it's just different than having a house that's heated by a fireplace or radiant heat, you know, floor radiant heat, um, baseboard heat. This is a system that you're, cir- you're literally circulating all the air. That's why um, either... Homes have a gap at the bottom of their door, 
or they have vents up above their doors, and that's so that the air can circulate throughout the entire home. And so, but there are homes that have both a fireplace and an HVAC system, right? Yeah. Many. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and they can have, I mean, it all depends. I lived in a place where I thought the master bathroom got too cold in the winter, and it was HVAC, and I put a baseboard heater in there, electric. So, so yeah, they could have different things, but um, I'd imagine most of our listeners... Um, well, I'll just word it this way. In in the last probably 15, 20 years, most homes, for the most part, have a forced air system. It doesn't have to be HVAC. The only difference is HVAC has air conditioning. Forced air is the same thing. Just like what we have here for our listeners, we live where it's, <laughs> you call it the tundra. It's yes, nine it months is. of winter. Yes, it is. Um, but our, we only have we have forced air, so it's a furnace. We just don't have air conditioning. We put window units in um, in the summer. So does that make sense? That does make sense. Now, people who uh, built homes, let's say in the 1920s, did they not have an HVAC oh, system? Oh, no, 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 no. No. No, and I actually talked about this. Um, I believe it was, um, I think it was my second book, Toxic Mold and Old Homes, but... <laughs> Back in the day, the, the the way HVAC kind of came about, so when I say back in the day, um, this is a couple hundred years ago. I don't remember. I have the timeline anyways in the book. But they literally, they would have like a fire pit on the outside of their teepee or cave or wherever. And then they, they literally would dig a little trench that went into, into the cave. And then they, you know, put rocks there so they could cover it up. And literally it would the warm air would come in. So if that makes sense, because for our listeners, you know, HVAC has duct systems. Exactly. But my point is back in the day, there was some sort of HVAC, but it wasn't really that, if that makes sense. So the house that your great-grandmother bought, did that have HVAC in it? No, no. So she had, so what she had, that was a house built in the 30s or 40s, maybe 39. Um, it had one of those floors, so it was a full basement. Okay. But it had a gas floor heater just in the in the middle of the hallway upstairs, and so oh. there was just one, and it was huge. We're talking three foot by three foot, something like that. That's what it had. So okay, so it had a heater for the winter, and then obviously the summer were fans. She would just the put, a, yeah. She she actually wouldn't even put in a swamp cooler. She you know. I don't even know what year she was born, early 1900s. So they would just open the windows. Okay. Now, another grandmother that lived a few houses up from us, her house was built in the 60s, and it had a furnace okay. with ductwork. Um, so there's your difference. I, I would say HVAC systems, and I wouldn't say HVAC. A forced air system, which is the same thing except for no air conditioning, They've probably been around since the late 60s or maybe early 70s. Okay. And so the reason why I asked that for historical perspective is because it seems like a lot of uh, autoimmune disorders, asthma problems, mold problems, a lot of those things seem to become way more prevalent after the 60s and the 70s. And what you're talking about with houses being more open before the 60s and 70s because people didn't have, let's say, an HVAC system. So their homes were more open because they had to open the windows in the summer and they had a fireplace. Closing up the homes is related to HVAC, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that's why when I wrote The Mold Epidemic, the reason I believe we have it now is because homes are so sealed up. Okay. And 
you know, people like, you know, our grandparents, great grandparents, they didn't have those luxuries. So they would open their windows. A lot of times they'd do it at nighttime. Um, they didn't have swamp coolers. They didn't, you know, swamp coolers came after that. Then, then you had central air, which is an HVAC system where you have a condensing unit outside and nobody, we do obviously because where we live, but most people just don't open, you know, unless you have a cabin, a second home up in the mountains, you don't open your windows at night. You don't let stuff air out. And even here, when we, uh, we do your woo-woo stuff. What do we do? Saging. Your little smoky stuff. That's right. Even in the middle of the winter, we'll open the, the windows and the front door and let air circulate because that's healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for, for our listeners, if you live in a colder area, which, you know, I doubt, I don't know, I shouldn't say this, but I was going to say, I doubt in Florida they have to use their furnaces very often, but... You know, anywhere else where it gets cold in the winter, you're going all winter long with really no fresh air circulating throughout your home. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. So, so then there is this connection between the mold epidemic we now see and homes having, for the most part, HVAC systems in them and keeping the house staying exactly. closed. Yep. And so, I, I, like I said, I believe that's because we don't have the ventilation. And when I say ventilation, exterior you know, passive air coming through windows and doors and screen doors and all that. So that's really important because I think when people think of their HVAC system, I don't know how many people actually check their HVAC system on the regular other than a yearly whatever servicing they have to do. Now, can mold actually grow inside of an HVAC system? Absolutely. And so you have, you know, our listeners know this. So what you have, um, and I'll explain what our setup is and then what the air conditioning part is, is, you know, we have the furnace down there. And so that's the air handler. There's a blower there. You have the burners. It's propane ran. You know, a lot of people, it's probably natural gas. Some can be electric. So that furnace kicks on and then it has a return air, which has our fil- the filter on it. And of course I have two filters because that's just how we roll. Mm-hmm. And, and then it pushes that warm air through all the ductwork throughout the entire home. Okay. And that's why, you know, like this end of the house that we're on always seems to be colder because it's the furthest away from the furnace. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're pushing air throughout the entire home. So if there's any sort of anything, it could be pet dander, um, mice, feces, uh, mold if it's in any of that ductwork you're pushing it kind of everywhere throughout the house and let's just say you know we have we have a floor register right over there let's just say there's mold inside that ductwork right there before it gets to the register every time that heat kicks on you're kicking up mold spores in this room that that makes sense and so and obviously i know you've said this in the mold epidemic and some other books any of the, the kind of materials you just talked about can affect different people living in the home differently. Exactly. And you could have, and this is why mold's so complex. You know, you could have an issue. Let's just say we had a teenage girl that was in this room and she spent a lot of time in here. I'm sure listeners know teenagers don't think parents are cool right now at that age, <laughs> unless you're giving them money. But uh, let's just say, you know, she she has chronic headaches and you know, maybe she has asthma or whatnot, you would have to look at everything just like what I just talked about. Is there mold right inside that register that's that's kicking mold up into the room? 
Um, you know, to figure that out, obviously, we would run an air test in here. Um, we could swab, or we have bore scopes. I can send a camera down that vent to see if we can see anything down there um, that's of any concern. Um, but, yeah, it could be, we could look at it, and maybe she's, you know, immune compromised or something. A lot of times people look at that, that teenage daughter, and they're like, oh, she's just a hypochondriac. Well, maybe she's not. There Maybe there is something in there. That's, that's giving her problems. So it definitely could. And like, like I said, even if, if everybody in the home's being exposed to a mold type, that certain child could, could have, you know, health conditions that it affects that child more than anybody else. Absolutely. So beyond, I, I know HVAC systems, people tend to get them serviced at least once a well, year. Well, I hope so. You'd okay. be surprised how many people don't. Really? But, yeah. So people don't. Yeah, it was, it's very common when I, so on mold inspections, um, for the most part, unless I have some concerns, I don't test out the HVAC system. Now, of course, we look down in the registers, mm-hmm. um, but, it, you know, when I used to do home inspections, you, you pull the covers off, you kick on the heat, you kick on the air conditioning if you can, and you check all that stuff out. And you'd be surprised how often, like, it was just tons of dust and really, really dirty. And as you know, I every fall I get my trusty little uh, shop back out and I vacuum everything up and clean it all up. Exactly. So, so you're saying that at minimum people should once a year every call fall. an HVAC every fall call an HVAC person in to do a servicing. Exactly. And it, you know, I know when I've lived in uh, places where let's just say you you have uh, you have natural gas, so you live in the city. You know, here we're propane, but so I don't think a propane company would do it. But a lot of gas companies do it, like Rocky Mountain Gas or, well, I don't know what the other gas companies are. But usually you can call them and they have a service technician. And I, when I had it done, this, you know, finally I started doing it myself. But when I had it done, it was like, like $80. Yeah. So and it's fair. Do it in the fall, you know. And, and they'll, they'll come pull the covers off and look at everything and make sure everything's okay. Now, are they doing a mold inspection? No. But as far as the, the furnace unit itself, they're making sure everything's in operational condition. And so is there anything besides that fall servicing that people could be doing to make sure that their HVAC systems aren't making them sick? Well, every you should, at the longest, have your uh, air filters replaced every three months. Wow. Sooner if needed. So if, at three months, if you're changing out your filters and you can see they're really, really dirty, maybe they live in a real dusty area. Maybe it's a new subdivision and they're still building homes, so it's just dusty. If it's warranted, if that filter's really dirty, don't wait three months. You know, go, let's just say, 10 weeks. Um, but it, that has to happen. And then on top of that, I always recommend having the ducts clean. So, you can actually have the air ducts cleaned out by a company. So ducts clean are different than the fall servicing? Yes, very, very different. Oh, okay. So what the duct cleaning is, just to explain to to our listeners, and when I explain it this way, I just use my terms, but it has to be done on a closed system, meaning what they do is they tape all these registers closed. Okay. So none of that is a big, big bag. Remember the old vacuums that had bags on them? Mm-hmm. It comes out of the top, and so what they're doing is they're sucking all the air while they're pushing it. Um, and usually they have some sort of tool that's cleaning the duct itself. But my point is, is all that dirty air, contaminated air, or and or debris in the ducts is going into that back truck. Okay. So you're not blowing it throughout the house. It's not like you hook an air compressor up to it and you just blow stuff. 
Because if you did that, you would have to push the air somewhere. Exactly. And so why would you want to push the moldy stuff from here into the weight room and yeah, have it wouldn't. just fill it up? So does that make sense? That it's, makes sense. It's got to be on a sealed or closed system so that everything gets sucked into that truck. And that it's, you know, it's probably four or $500, but at least every other year, if not once a year, I would have them cleaned. That would be my suggestion. So then it's a false servicing of the HVAC system annually. It's changing out your filters every three months. At the, at the longest. At the longest. And make sure that they're HEPA filters. HEPA filters. Uh, make like sure they're at least a MERV rating um, of thirst filters more stuff out. And I'm sure people can go to Home Depot and say, can you show me the air filters exactly. that have a MERV rating of, yep. of something or exactly. higher? Exactly. Okay. Yep. So then every three months, the air filters, duct cleaning at least every other year. Yeah. And if you're having problems every year. But, okay. And, it, you know... The reason I know what I know about the duct cleaning is, is for mold mitigation, if there's a HVAC system, we typically, unless they don't want to pay for it, we tell them they need to have the ducts clean. Okay. So so that those are the things that they can do to make sure that their HVAC system is healthy, which contributes to keeping them healthy exactly. in the home. Yep. So what's your call to action for people? So we just talked about, you know, you said that people probably never look down in those registers, but go pull one of those registers up. They're usually not attached. They just slide right out of the ductwork. Pull it up, grab your flashlight, and check down in there. Make sure there's not a bunch of crap in there, because there usually is. And like I said, you've seen me do it. I vacuum them out. Yeah, you do. Because I don't like to breathe dirty air. <laughs> yep. And schedule your duct cleaning because I bet you lots of people don't do that. Yeah, you'd you'd be um, you'd probably be shocked to see what comes out of your duct work if you have not had them cleaned at least for four or five years. Wow. Especially especially with pets and kids. Wow. <laughs> There's probably going to be toy cars and all sorts of pet hair, pet dander, and just a bunch of stuff that's not healthy for you. Yeah. So. And and a lot of people, you know, we're not going to get away from having closed homes. You no. talked about that in building a mold-resistant home. No. It's just the nature of how we live now. Yep. But there are still things people can do. Exactly. And, it, you know, there's just little things like having your ducks cleaned. I mean, yeah, it might cost you $400, but how much are you going to pay in doctor's visits and detox for mold toxicity? Exactly. A lot more than 400. <laughs> yep. And they should grab building a mold resistant home so they understand yep. the dynamics yep. of their home. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. And, um, I actually don't, I have a course for that, don't I? You would think I would know this. I am not sure, but maybe go to <laughs> udemy.com, look up Steve Worsley I should know this. and mold, and you'll find all the courses that yes, are available. Yes, you will. <laughs> there you heard it from the expert. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.